The other day, we were sitting, as we do every week, and talking about the Sunday readings in our common room. In all of our Dominican houses, we have a common room. That common room is a place where we gather for meetings or just to recreate. And oftentimes, in most of our houses throughout the province, there are various pieces of artwork in there depicting Dominican saints or the life of Jesus or other saints. And in our common room a few years ago, we redid the artwork, and I purchased a painting, uh, the Madonna of the Rosary by Caravaggio. And I'll admit that until Wednesday, I had not thought of that painting at all, except for the few times that I would look upon it when I was walking through the room. Father Thomas noted in that painting, and you can look this up, it's a beautiful painting of the Madonna and child presenting the rosary to St. Dominic. But if you look in that painting, you'll see that St. Dominic's gaze is fixed on the Blessed Mother and Jesus. But the other people in the painting who are looking at another person are all looking at St. Dominic. And it's a reminder, a theological lesson to those who gaze upon that painting that as Catholics, we believe that it is the priests who lead us to Jesus and to his Blessed Mother, that they are the icons of Christ in our church, not because of their particular greatness, but because of the graces of holy orders, because what God has called them to be and has made them through the graces of the sacrament of the becoming a priest. And yet, if we were to ask maybe the people here, or just in general, what a priest is or what he reflects, many, perhaps even most, would say, not an icon of Christ, but an icon of corruption or abuse. And in one way, rightfully so. In my life, I was a teenager when, I, when the sex abuse crisis was laid bare for the whole world to see here in this country. And I hope we never get beyond the shadow of that crisis. I hope that the abuses stopped and stop and all those procedures are done. That's to be, to be fair. But I hope that we never forget the pain and the suffering wrought on the people who were abused and on the people whose faiths were corrupted because of the wickedness of priests and the cover-up of bishops. We must never forget that because it cuts to the core of our faith. When people look at priests not with a desire to know and to love Jesus, but with concern or confusion, I'm not going to go into details, but I'd be happy to regale you with all of the things, terrible, horrible things that have been said to me in my life when I've told people that I was a priest or when I was becoming a priest. But when the priest gets it right, when he is an icon of Christ, he turns people's hearts and minds to the Lord. We know this in this community because we're blessed with Father Justice. Father Simon and I joke all the time that Father Justice could stand in front of a group of people and say that he went to the doctor this week and everyone would just say, oh, that Father Justice. He's so holy. Oh. Today is Sunday, he would say. Oh, Father Justice, my heart. And what a beautiful gift that is. But that's the priesthood right there. It's just a life laid out for the glory of God in all of its humanity that points people to Jesus. But here's the thing. This is not going to be a homily just about the priesthood, uh, the sacramental priesthood, that is. It is about the priesthood. It's about the universal priesthood of all believers. Because in your baptism, you were baptized as a priest of Jesus Christ. You, therefore, are called to be an icon of Christ in your particular life. And this is the challenge for all of us. Heinous and terrible as the sins of abusive priests and the cover-up of bishops is, we have to also ask, are our Catholic business people and politicians greater icons of Christ than anyone else? 
In your life, do people look at you for things that lead to Jesus? Do you stand out as an exemplary disciple of Jesus, as someone whose life is changed and converted by the love of God? Do you lead others to Jesus in an explicit way? The reality is all of us are called to this mission of being a priest, of being an icon of Christ in some capacity, in different ways to be sure, but in important ways nonetheless, each and every one of us. But so long as we try to control what our life is called to be, as so long as we strive to seek after the things that this world offers, power, honor, pleasure, and wealth, we will be limited and frankly, we will end up nowhere as a priest of Jesus Christ. But if we conform our life to Jesus, if we offer everything that we can to him so that we can become that icon, as limited as we may be in our human capacity, our life will be limitless. Our joy, our hope, our peace will never be taken away from us because of the knowledge and because of the relationship that we have with Christ Jesus. This is the fulfillment of every human desire, to be one with Jesus Christ and to point other people toward Jesus. Not, again, because I am great or eloquent or powerful or have all of this influence, but because of the love that I know in my heart and I share with the people around me. Your being an icon of Jesus in your marriage, in your home, is just as important as anyone else's call to be an icon of Christ. The more icons of Jesus Christ we have in our community, the more powerful our witness to the world. And isn't that the thing we celebrate on the Feast of All Saints? That this multitude, these myriads upon myriads that are sanctified, give glory to God and change the world. And we are all called to be a part of that. And people should think and talk about how incredible this parish is, how incredible our families are, that there's something about us that they desire, that is attractive. And it's not because we're explicitly going out and doing all these things necessarily. It's because the love of Christ Jesus flows out of us in such radical ways, in such powerful ways. But how do we turn to the Lord? And I would offer three things from our readings today. Humility, vulnerability, and life on mission and community. First and foremost, humility. We need to recognize, as St. Catherine was told by God the Father in one of her visions, Catherine, he said, St. God the Father said to Catherine, you must remember that, you are she who, or that I am he who is, and you are she who is not. We must, in our humility, recognize that in order for each and every one of us to become the person that we're meant to be, we need God in our lives. We need to follow his commandments. We need the sacraments. We need the scriptures. We need the church. We need each other. And we need to be challenged. We need to be called out. We need to recognize that there is nothing I can do on my own that will merit my salvation. It is pure and sheer gift and grace from God. We need to have that humility to recognize that I am always in need and that God, the truth, humility is truth. And humility also recognizes that I am in need and that God provides that to me. The second thing is we need vulnerability. So often in our life, the things that keep us from being icons of Christ are that we fall into sin or that we think that we have it all figured out, or that in some way, shape, or form, because I'm somehow special or better than someone else, that I can avoid following the laws of Christ in his church. 
We need to have that vulnerability with other people to be able to admit our struggles, to ask for help. It's not just about recognizing my brokenness. It's about sharing that with others, of showing our wounds, and of not only showing our wounds to others, but vulnerability means of loving the wounds of others as well. In the image of Adam and Eve in the creation, Adam gives his rib so that Eve can come about. What a great image of mutual vulnerability. Adam gives of the thing that protects his life-giving organs, his, lung and his, his lungs and his heart. And Eve comes from that, and so therefore she must protect those for him. By giving each in a different way, but also by loving and embracing the other, something new and beautiful and wonderful comes about. That's the life of vulnerability that we're all called to. Mutual vulnerability, both the exposure of our wounds and the supporting and the loving of those who expose their wounds to us. And the last thing is this. It comes from that reading from St. Paul's letter uh, to the Thessalonians that we heard today. With such affection for you, we are determined to share with you not only the gospel, but our very selves as well. One of the first pastoral council meetings I attended as a priest here at St. Paul's seven years ago, there was a big debate about whether we should have name tag Sunday. And of course, as a new associate pastor, you say nothing at these meetings unless you're told to. You just listen, you smile, you nod, you think, you make notes. But at the meeting, there was this big debate. We should have a name tag Sunday. We should know everybody. And that's a great idea. But one of the examples that was used is I didn't know the person who was sitting next to me for three or four years until what? Name tag Sunday. And let's think about that for a moment. Is that really mission on Christ? If you look around at the people sitting in your section, guess what? Most of you are probably here in the same place every Sunday. Do you know those people? And not only do you know their names, but do you know their stories? Because when we start to do that, all of a sudden we grow by kind of in, by growing with one another and recognizing the beauty of God's love in our community and in our midst. And it makes my story much, you know, in one way more mundane, but in another way all the more beautiful because we're in this together. Yes, we desire to share the truth, but we want to do it together because together we image Christ Jesus who is one with his church. Each and every one of us is called to be that icon of Christ through humility, vulnerability, and life on mission with each other in community. This week, as we go out into the world, where is Christ calling you to take that next step? Where is he calling you to identify? What, what comes to mind when you look and say, what is preventing me from being an icon to Christ? And what step will you take to not only identify that and acknowledge it, but also to address it in your daily lives so that each and every one of us can be on mission together, leading each other to a deeper relationship to God and bringing about his reign, his peace, and his glory here on earth.